I love Dak Prescott. I've been a big fan of his since he played at Mississippi State. Same I'm time s- Colin was playing for K-State. I'm sorry. And, man, ugly game last night. I was praising the defense, but, man, they were getting killed on slant routes. and 15 interceptions in 14 games. Man, Dak. Dak. Oh, I'm never going to be happy. I'm never going to be – never going to win one. As a, as a Cowboys fan, never going to win one again. The albatross of Tony Romo slash Dak Prescott. Quarterbacks who were good enough to do a lot of things but couldn't get past, well, even the second round of the playoffs. I don't even get need to get into Jerry Jones, even though I did a little bit, but him needing to take a hike really badly. Yes. But that's been a long time coming. As a GM. As a GM. As a GM. As the an prob- owner, the, right? Yeah, the problem is... I love is, his money. Well, uh, the problem is that he lets Steven run it, and, well, you know how that's going. 537-1350 is the number. Here in hour number two, a Wildcat Insider, K-State Athletics Director Gene Taylor will be joining us live. We're going to throw him a few questions. Meanwhile... Troy Coverdale now joins us in studio. I'm Mitch Fortner with Travion Berkland running the board. What shirt are you wearing today? You got a I'm wearing an MCR shirt that I got at Riot Fest last year. MCR. Mm-hmm. Okay. Neat. Sweet. <laughs> what I think is a bit sweeter and a bit neater and a bit cooler. That's the big news today. For the first time in 13 years. K-State men's basketball is a top five team in the country. The AP poll came out earlier today, also number five in the coaches poll. And it says K-State is 17-2, and 6-1 in the Big 12. Of course, off to their best start in a long time. As a matter of fact, they're off to their best start since the early 60s. Cats are ranked fifth in the country. And they did so. They got there by beating KU on Tuesday beating Texas Tech on Saturday, all alone in the Big 12. Of course, strength of schedule is a big part of that with going 6-1 and one in the toughest conference there is in college basketball. Beating your rival on national television in overtime was pretty big as well. If this team wasn't performing the way that it is in the Big 12, there's no shot of being anywhere near the top 10 given what strength of schedule before the conference slate was. Well, it, this is a case where the Big 12 uh, has been dramatically beneficial to K-State in its hopes to get anywhere this season in terms of the, of the tournament. And beyond that, what they've accomplished in route to that is just unreal. Well, and K-State had to really fight their way into the in the top 25. Three weeks ago, they were yes. unranked. Um, and... First of all, I mean their non-conference wasn't tough. I mean it 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 was it's if you look at I can't remember who put it out there, but I was reading something about bracketology and it kind of broke down. Okay, so like the quad one wins, K State's mm-hmm. five and one, quad two, and then so on and so forth, and then mentioned non-conference strength of schedule. I mean K State's non-con was in the three hundreds, right? Wasn't anything anybody would consider difficult by any means. Again, pre-done even before Jerome Tang took the job. Schedule was already settled there. But even though, like, Texas Tech on Saturday, for example, and I think it's a great one because it's the last win. K-State, you know, was down five at the half 
outscored Tech by 15 in the second half. Much better from Keontae Johnson and just offensively, defense was better. From eight minutes in, it was very good basketball. Yeah, I mean, and Texas Tech was playing very well there for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but to to finish that adversity, like get through the adversity, resilience once again comes into play. And this is also, by the way, a team that hasn't won a Big 12 game and they've played a third of the games. 0-6. Yet they're still that competitive against the top mm-hmm. team in the conference. That was a great example of how tight this race is or how tight this conference is when it comes to how tough it is. And expectations for this season. Yeah. I don't I don't think we ever went over our expectations. Like we never did a segment of all right, we we expect K-State to finish this and this. This is going to be your best score, best rebounder, all that stuff. I remember what I hoped for though coming in for the year. So I was thinking to myself, you know, okay, it's first year. I think if if somehow with Keontae Johnson being added, that was a very big key. So Keontae Johnson is added to the roster. I think then you start throwing out as you you know you reach your thirteen guys. All right, then the expectations are being heard, mm-hmm. and you're hoping all right this could be this is definitely like an NCAA tournament team. And you're thinking okay, Big Twelve is really good. You know if you're in that top seven, if you can finish in that top seven of the Big Twelve, you're probably in a good spot. You get into the NCAA tournament that way. Yeah, 19 games later, <laughs> Cats are among the top five in the conference, or uh, top five in the, uh, well, yes, top five in the conference. They're alone mm-hmm. in first place. Top five in the nation. People are throwing out K State as a national championship contender, which really rocked my world. And also, uh, somebody, uh, it, it was CBS. CBS had K State as a one seed in the East. Bracketology, yes. Bracketology. Had them set to play Longwood. And they would put Baylor as well as Houston on the same side of the bracket. Which, by the way, as we get really ahead of ourselves here, now that we're kind of in that neighborhood, I just want to say uh, the East region has a it, it's regional regional championship, mm-hmm. Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight, Madison Square Garden. I mean, that would be pretty oh dope. That would be. I love New York City. Everybody knows that. Um, MSG for the NCAA tournament. Thumbs up. MSG for the NIT. Yeah. I've been to an NIT championship in the garden. I watched Texas beat Lipscomb in, uh, what year was that, 18? I think it was 18, 19. Yeah, would have been 18. Yeah. Yep, I was there for it, along with John Kurtz and Brady Bowman. We were all there for that championship game. We just wanted to go to the garden. Okay. Cheap way to get inside and go look around and just check out the mecca of, uh, you know, Indoor athletics, basketball, oh, yeah, very pro, cool. Pro, it's a mecca of pro wrestling. Very cool. Um, by the way, the other other regional sites you have Kansas City, of course, sure, which would be very sweet. Uh, but also Vegas. Mm-hmm. Vegas is a good stop. I, great stop. I can't remember. What, oh, Kentucky, like Lexington, Kentucky, blah, or Louisville, Kentucky. One of those stops. Whatever. Don't want to. Probably it, Louisville at this point because Rupp Arena is falling out of favor. But, uh, again, back to the expectations. Basically, the moral story is, no, don't lie to me. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody figured that Jerome Tang would be off to such a hot start and have them as a Final Four contender in their first year. 537-1350 is our number. Let's get to our first call. James from Manhattan. What's up, James? What's up, guys? 
You guys are killing it as usual. I just wanted to talk about a game on Saturday. Man, I don't know what's going on, but Bramwood has been electric. We went through a game, uh, back non-conference game. It was uh, Wichita State. You know, it was electric then because the Big 12 champions just came back and the crowd went nuts. New Year's Eve, you know, everyone thought it would be down in the dumps because, you know, the whole bowl game situation. But, man, that place was still popping. And then we just went on Saturday. My goodness, that place was wild. As soon as they played Sandstorm, the KSU chant instead of the you-know-what chant, mm-hmm. that place was just wild. I don't know if you guys talked about that yet, but Coach Tang, he's just turned Brainwood into the true octagon of doom, man. It's awesome. Man. James, I appreciate the call. Thank you. That's the yeah, one, that's the one flaw it. with... What the way things have played out for me in terms of scheduling, I've not been able to take it all in. I got the Oklahoma State game, but that has been it. Yeah, James brings up a point that we haven't actually been able to talk about yet, and that's just the crowd. Mm-hmm. Two sold out back to back games. We knew they were sold out, but the students showing up, the student section was jam packed for the Texas Tech game. And I looked around the stand, I was like, you know, I was worried about the weather. Mm-hmm. Like people would see the forecast and just not want to make the trip. Bramblage was packed. It was full. I was like, "Hell yeah, let's go!" And James brought the you know the point of how loud it was. You know, actually, I thought in the first half, clearly things weren't going K State's way down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, the offense just wasn't exploding. I, I didn't think you know when Cats were on defense, the the crowd was exactly into it. But then they got warmed up in the second half. Things got a lot better. Then the doom started arriving. Yes, we did get sandstorm. In the second half, that's definitely a topic we're going to bring up to Gene Taylor about Sandstorm. On, uh, of course, you know the the rule has been for a while. You know, Sandstorm doesn't get played until he makes the call. But yes, insane atmosphere at Bramlage Coliseum the last two games, and from ticket sales, that tells us that's not going to slow down anytime soon. I will say there are still three games that have tickets available. KSaySports.com, one eight hundred two two one cats. I've said that number enough times. It's one of just a few numbers I still uh, uh, have memorized, that's for sure. But here's your top ten in the country. Purdue is at number one. Alabama, Houston, Tennessee are two through four, and then you have the Cats. K-State, by the way, yes, as you could tell, is the highest-ranked Big 12 team. Six teams are ranked, and again, this goes back to the respect of the Big 12 in college basketball, how tough it is. And it's just going to get tougher as the as the season goes on, especially with K-State having the targets on, on its back as being the number five team in the country. No longer are we rushing the floor. If teams right. beat us, they might be rushing the floor against us. Um, but also ranked KU drops to number nine after just being throttled by TCU on Saturday. And then you had Texas at 10. TCU at 11, Iowa State at 12. I said 14th earlier. They're number 12, and then Baylor at number 17. What a weird set in that you've got four straight Big 12 teams ranked the way that you do. 8, 9, 10, no, sorry, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. <laughs> I don't recall seeing it go four straight at any point like that Yeah, for a conference. Yeah, a third of the top 15 is the Big 12. Um, and if any, were, were you surprised that K State dropped? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, jumped eight spots. I was not surprised, given that the rumblings over the weekend yeah. from the media tended to be that they were at a point they were ready to put K State in the top five after what they did to KU, and then finding a way to grind one out on Saturday while KU was stubbing their toe and stubbing the next toe, 
and the next. <laughs> that was an ugly afternoon for KU on Saturday. And now the Cats can enter, I think, what is its toughest stretch hmm. yet. I think K-State has arrived to the toughest five-game stretch this season. I would agree. Because, you know, Iowa State, at Iowa State, Florida here, at Kansas, and then Texas and TCU at home. But I will say, and I've said it before, I said it to White a couple of weeks ago, I think the second half of the Big 12 is where K-State really pounces on the conference. It's a more favorable schedule on who's on the road, Mm -hmm. who you face on the road, who you have at home. The tougher games are at home, the easier – I say easier, and again, the Big 12 is so competitive, anybody can win or lose, but – the bottom half of the teams in this conference will be, you know, on the road in the second half of the year. And at Kansas, man, are they in a rocky situation right now? First of all, they are now realizing their fear for Jerome Tang, which is a much more of a fear than we have for Lance Leipold of KU football. They're just trying to win a game now. Right. That, speaking of it just being in a culture shock of K-State now being a top five team, they just got their asses kicked against TCU's a great team, but losing that way at home? A couple of little birdies were chirping on Saturday, uh, and I heard the comment be made that, uh, well, we'll see what they do today because after they beat us, they tend to come out flat and play poorly and usually don't come away with a victory after that. So we'll just expect that that's probably not going to go their way. Meanwhile, the birds were X and seven under Bill Self after after losses, like fifty nine and seven or some obscene number like that. I mean, just uh, an unreal number, and it completely played one eighty opposite of what they thought was going to happen. I remember seeing something about like Bill Self has never won three or never lost three straight games or something like that. I don't know if that's that's a fact or not, but I doubt it's happened very often. Maybe once or twice and. I tell you what, KU feels like they're on the ropes right now when they travel to Baylor tonight for uh, for a game against the Bears. When we come back, we need to take a break. When we come back, up next, Athletics Director Gene Taylor joins us on the game. Cats are off to their best start in over 60 years with a record of 17-2, and and tonight they host... A top 15, or they uh, traveled to top 15, Iowa State in Ames tonight from Hilton Coliseum with White Thompson on the call. 8 o'clock for the tip. Pre-game starts at 7. Tomorrow night. Did I, did I say tonight? Or, you did. I meant t- tomorrow night. Excuse me, getting my days mixed up. Don't uh, want to confuse folks. Yeah, not bi- they're not on Big Monday, unfortunately. Unfortunately, this game has been tucked away on ESPNU as you have the Australian Open quarterfinals on ESPN2, and I can't remember what game is on ESPN. Better than the KU K State game coming up on the thirty first. It's a big. It's an ESPN Plus. Oh, is it really exclusive? No, oh, great. Thanks, guys. Uh, we're now joined by K State Athletics Director Gene Taylor, who's got to be a happy camper by what's going on lately with hoops. But before we get there, Gene, really appreciate your time. It's been over a month since we've been able to talk to you. Did run into you in in uh, New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl. How did everything go in New Orleans when it comes to the athletic department for K State? I think great. Obviously, the Sugar Bowl does a tremendous job, you know, with that event and the events surrounding it. Obviously, the game wasn't how we would hope it would have turned out, but uh, everything else in terms of how they treat you, how much they take care of you, the players' events, uh, the coaches, the coaches' spouses, uh, 
just a really good experience overall, except for the outcome of the game, obviously. Well, as a member of the media, and if anybody at KC Football is listening, that was a by far the best hospitality I've ever seen as a member of the media. Uh, what a great job the Sugar Bowl did on hosting us as well, uh, keeping us comfortable, and, and all the amenities were fantastic. Now, what did you do on New Year's Eve? Did you decide to go out? No, no. <laughs> hey, by the time we got back to the hotel, and obviously, you know, the move wasn't, hey, the move was fine. I think everybody, you know, realized that guys played hard, just didn't play our best. And we just kind of stayed at the hotel. The, the, speaking of the Sugar Bowl, the committee had a pretty nice hospitality area, had a lot of food. So we just kind of regathered with our family. Some folks went out, but, uh, you know, we just kind of hung there at the hotel and then and took it easy. We had some friends uh, at the bowl game that came down and, hung out with us, so we do a pretty easy night for for everybody, really, for most of us, anyway. Well, as we switch to basketball, I'm sure you could predict on uh, how a lot of this conversation would go, and that's just Drum Tang has this team and program off to its best start, 17-2 and in over 60 years, 61-62 was the last time a team has been this hot to start the year, plus 6-1 and in Big 12 play, and it's you know sometimes kind of hard to ask the cliche question of just nobody expected this to happen, right? But I just got to ask, like I'm sure the emails that you're getting are much more positive than they probably were the last year, especially with, you know, kind of with the chin and all that, but uh, just the success of this program and, and games are selling out. Yeah, no, it's been fun to see, and then you know the, the the what I think what I look, look view it as is how they've been able to win uh, in different games in different formats. Obviously, they score a ton at Texas and probably scored the most we've scored in a long time. And then you you know play a defensive battle against a hungry team like Texas Tech, and you still find a way to grind it out. Um, and then you lose, you know, a, a, a tough loss to TCU, but you didn't panic and came back and had a big win so you know it's just this kid i talked to coach um pretty much after every game and it's just this veteran group that he has that they just don't seem to panic and you know, if you look at even the game against texas tech you know Keontae didn't score a lot in the first half and chinoff came back and made some big buckets down the stretch and it's just how they're continuing to find ways to win different ways is what i've been impressed with as, as much as anything well, and it, Coach Tang and this and his staff also just winning with the fan base, and Coach Tang kind of sending a message to the students before the KU game. Uh, and won't get into that whole thing, but also at the end of the game, still hearing the chant post game as the fans rush the floor, and then he gets on the scores table and uh, and addresses the fans and and gets them to chant KSU. And I think that's a great way to approach that is by if you want the chant to, to change, why not do it with them? If you know what I mean, just your reaction to the way Coach Tang is has done to get that changed before and after a KU game. Well, yeah, I, I, I will. I just want to. I do want to give a shout out to our fans and, and the crowds. I mean, their their impact on the game at KU against KU and then even against Texas Tech were phenomenal. They bring the energy. Our students have always brought energy. And you know, obviously, the chance been a source of frustration for all of us for for quite some time and. Even when we're not playing KU, the chant comes out. And I think that's what, you know, Coach Tang's message was that we, we allow them to live in our heads kind of rent-free when we're not even playing them. So I think, uh, and he's wanted them to play, you know, um, Sandstorm. And we knew we weren't going to do it if they were going to chant. And he wanted so badly to get rid of the chant so they could play Sandstorm. And it was really cool against Texas Tech. We played it, and KSU came out, and it was there wasn't a – Chant negative chant at all about uh, KU. The KSU chant came out, and uh, 
to me, I think he's making a huge impact, and the students are buying in, the fans are buying in, and, and his impact is greater right now even than, than this, uh, what's going on the floor. Good. I, I, I was going to say, uh, Gene, one of the things that stands out about that is, and it's not just him, but it's his entire staff, but coaches getting involved with their student communities uh, to sell a program, especially when students haven't been attending or the community as a whole haven't been attending to the numbers that you'd like to see. You like having a dynamic guy in place, and he has really taken it to another level beyond what you probably expected. Yeah, you know, he has. And, but, you know, it's funny. Um, he did talk about that during the interview process, about how he was going to get involved. He didn't give examples. You know, we didn't. We just, he just said that, you know, for him, when he was coming there as an assistant at Baylor, and, you know, the advantage of, of Bramley can be with a, with a crowd, and you've seen it where he came out like, oh, my goodness, this crowd's fired up. He wanted to get back to that, and, and one of the first areas that he was going to start with was with the students. And, you know, he does the, the couch thing with, with paying on campus. And, you know, he's gone to fraternities. And he's just done a lot of cool things that the students are buying in. And they hold him up in a high level. And the fans are following right along. So you know, a lot of energy in the building. We've sold out, you know, a few games in a row. We've got a, just a few tickets left for some of these remaining games. And, and that's, that's, that's been tremendous. And, you know, obviously playing well in the court has a lot to do with that, too. Uh, being 17-2 and ranked uh, and currently number five. I mean, all of that is tied in. And, 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 but you got to start somewhere. you got to build a relationship before you start playing well. And he's been able to do that. So now do you feel there's enough trust to make Sandstorm either a regular thing or at least a, a special occasion thing? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously they proved it against Texas Tech, and that was a big first step. But you're not going to play it every game. Obviously, mm-hmm. you eh, there's a timing of it, right? The energy, whether we make a run or or we're making a run, and the other team calls a timeout. You know, you're not going to probably do it in the first half of a game, and you're probably not going to do it every game. But as long as the fans uh, react like they did against Texas Tech, I'm sure it'll it'll sure show up again at some point in, in, in a key point during the game. And and again, hats off to the students and the fans that are buying into that and, and realizing that that's something Coach Tang wants to hear. Speaking with Case Athletics Director Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider, uh, I, I do want to jump over to volleyball because a few weeks ago you made a, another hire in Jason Mansfield. And as I was reading over his resume, I was like, hmm, this Gene Taylor guy, he's kind of has a he has a, a taste in coaches. He has a like a certain direction he likes to go because. Reminded me of Coach Tang, Jason Mansfield, a longtime assistant, very successful, won a national championship. But how or when were you? Uh, or did you make the decision to hire Jason Mansfield like you knew he would be the guy? Well, you know, we, the good news, uh, just again, I think, is the reputation of K State, K State volleyball. We had some tremendous candidates and a lot of interest. A uh, couple of head coaches, a couple of sitting head coaches. And then, obviously, Jason as an assistant. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, what I look for is someone who's been a part of a winning program or helped build a program. And, and Jason, you know, obviously, Ting has done that, helped build uh, Baylor into a winner and, and maintained it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit easier to build it. It's really, really hard to keep it going. And, and Jason has been a part of building it and keeping it going. Obviously, he had a lot of success at Stanford as a top assistant, a lot of success at Washington. And he really wanted to be at K-State. You could see it in the interview. He was excited about being here. He's got his two new assistants and 
pretty excited about him. And obviously, when he looked at that new building and the ability that that can bring from a recruiting perspective, uh, I think we expect big things out of him as well. Yeah, when uh, I, I think you did maybe address this. I, I honestly can't remember after the uh, press conference with Jason Mansfield. But there is there an update on when the new volleyball arena is uh, like a plan to be opened up? Yeah, I mean, uh, if everything stays on track, we'll uh, be in there in some way, shape, or form this summer, whether it's June or July. Uh, but clearly, we'll absolutely be in there for the fall season and 100. percent And you know, right now things are on time and moving right along. Actually, uh, every time you go over there, you can see a major difference uh, in the building inside. It's really beginning to take shape. So, um, formally in there sometime this summer. Now, is there a way you like to celebrate a new hire? Do you take him out for a drink or some food or anything? <laughs> well, the poor guy, we kind of, he's been a, in a whirlwind. Obviously, his family's back in Washington, and it was, you know, right around the Christmas holidays. So he came in, interviewed, he went back home to celebrate Christmas, and then jumped in his car and drove 20 some hours. So I actually, he's been back. He, he was actually his first night back with the KU game, um, and his two assistants are now in, in town. So get a chance to spend some time with them. But right now they're settling in, meeting with the team, and starting their kind of winter workouts. Uh, so he's already hit the ground running. Well, Gene, to wrap up, I noticed on Friday this was announced by K-State Athletics that you are one of four new athletic administrators to be named to the lead one board of directors. I'd just like to know the details on what exactly that is in your in your job. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a group that was formed a few years ago when we were – going through a lot of changes at the NCA. They're not outside the NCA, but it's really just an advisory group. Uh, we get together and talk uh, everything from NIL to Transformation Committee and how we view things as athletic directors. And then their leader, uh, Tom McMillan, then takes that to various committees and, and, and just shares the view of athletic directors. It's not a real heavy lift. We don't meet a lot during the course of the year. It's really more advisory role of, of how we see where we need to go uh, with the with the uh, direction of college athletics and, and kind of a, a different group. It, it's um, fairly in, informal. We meet, like I said, a couple times a year, and then we just gather, talk um, subjects, and then we put in some ideas, and, and then he takes that to the NCAA and the various committees and say, hey, here's how athletic directors are viewing this particular issue. So I'm very pleased to be on it, represent the Big 12, and I'll do my best to make sure we get our opinion heard. Are you in uh, Ames with the basketball team? I'm not. I've got a few things that I couldn't get out of this week. I'd love to be there, but uh, I'll be certainly sitting in front of my television watching it like everybody else and um, cheering them on. Hopefully we can get a win. As you know, a very, very difficult place to get a win is, is a name. There's no question about that. Well, I'm sure you'll make up the road trip when the uh, team is in uh, Lawrence next week. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. All right, Gene, really appreciate it once again, and thanks for your time. All right, thanks, guys. Good to have you on, and uh, good to have me on. Appreciate it. Forward to it again. See you later. See you later. That is K-State Flex Richard Gene Taylor here on Wildcat Insider. More of Wildcat Insider when we come back on KMAN. Let me make sure not to butcher it this time. Tomorrow on KMAN, ding, 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 Cats ding, ding, ding. at Iowa State Top 15 matchup. 8 o'clock tip, 8.05 to be exact. Pre-game at 7 from the K-State Sports Network from Learfield. White Thompson, Stan Weber on the broadcast, also televised on ESPNU. I think most people have ESPNU these days. I think. Most. You might have to pay a little extra for it to get the 
tier that it's on. Yeah. Depending it, it, on... It doesn't come in the basic sports no, package. Heck no. No, no, no. Got to get them Got to get them ESPN bucks. Well, I think, you know, with the service that I stream with, I think it's on the basic or whatever. Whatever the basic's called. It's got a special name. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but along those lines, had, had someone call while we were in our discussion with Gene Taylor about Tuesday night games being moved and... The flaw is is that the conference is the one that sets the schedule, and they do it in part because of what the TV dates that ESPN et al. are handing them. So Tuesday nights have kind of become a de facto Big 12 night, uh, in part because ESPN is on when, uh, ESPN has NBA Wednesday night, and everything shuffles out from there. And so you start to kind of limit the availability slots. Tuesdays have turned into really a, a good spot for the conference uh, where they get back-to-back games in most cases. Yeah, uh, tonight there's only one. Actually, I can pull up the schedule here real quick. Because I know tonight's just KU and Baylor. Right. Tomorrow there are, I think it's three games, and then there'll be one Big 12 game on Wednesday. So, I mean, that's been kind of the typical mm-hmm. The, the pretty much the typical schedule. The key there is that you're also then getting all of those tomorrow night, all three of those that you mentioned, they're on ESPN networks. They're yes. not they're not streaming only. They're not just Big 12 Plus or well, ESPN Plus, but... Actually, tomorrow oh, okay. kind of sucks because one of them's on the Longhorn Network. Well, okay. Yeah, yeah well, they're okay. The, the midweek... Home game for Texas. <sighs> yeah. Good God. Yeah, it stinks. Um, That's but, a But Tuesday nights are pretty well locked in because the conference likes where they are with that, and I don't see that that's going to change anytime soon. Okay, so I want to jump back to, uh, and I just put out the information on Twitter just in case it, it wasn't heard live or whatever. Of course, we'll podcast the interview after the show. But Gene Taylor. Okay, sorry talking about sandstorm because <laughs> uh, I, I, I as you could probably predict that would have been a big topic here on the show today because it did make its return during um the game on saturday against texas tech in the second half and that's when k-state stormed back tied it up took the lead i can't remember exactly when it was played but you know gene taylor for a while now has had his finger on the trigger mm-hmm. on when that can be played uh, because every time it's played and it's been happening that way for the last decade we hear the chant. Uh, boy, K-State students and fan base, did you do yourself a solid on Saturday? Because you listened to Jerome Tang about KSU, not blank KU. Because now it's going to be more of a regular thing. Because K-State Athletics, you've earned their trust. And that goes back to the story we were talking about earlier about, man, we did not expect this start. And I'll be real with you. At first, I didn't think Jerome Tang would be the guy to turn this around. Not only has he turned K-State basketball around, he's turned the chant around. I mean, this is best-case scenario for this athletic department yes. right now. Yes. Absolute best-case scenario. Forget about the two losses. Everybody's got a loss or two now, at least. It happens. Right. It's basketball. It's college basketball. You can yeah. survive these things. No big deal. The chant was the big battle, it felt like. Like, this is never going to be cured. Like, you're asking 18 to 22-year-olds with authority to stop doing this. Basically, what happened was that approach didn't work. It made it worse. And I knew, like, I don't know exactly what was going to happen, but I know, like, 
Gene Taylor even told us one time on the show, I can't remember when it was, it's been over a year, but they were, you know, actually might, might have been this time last year because of the KU game. And I asked, like, you're close to, you know, playing Sandstorm. He's like, well, no. Uh, and, you know, the chant was absolutely out of hand last year. Um, but to turn that around and it, to me it's like a miracle. Because, I, heck, Missouri, Missouri's doing the chant. Missouri's doing the chant. For a and, rivalry that doesn't exist because they were the ones who let it slide. But to turn that around is absolutely best case scenario. So credit to Drum Tang for doing that as well. Trust has be, been regained once again, and that is huge. Now, will that continue in, to, in the next year when KU comes back into town once again? Well, at least we could probably get in a year of sandstorm without that happening. <laughs> Jerome Tang needs, I mentioned this last week, has to give himself more credit for what has been done. Now, is the complete turnaround done with sandstorm and the chant? That's the thing. We got to wait until KU comes back to town. But that's a gigantic jump. That's a huge jump. Here's that's a the, huge difference. Here's the way to look at that. Much like a coaching staff relies on its returners to set the stage for what the program has been in terms of taking the leadership that they've seen others impart on them, now imparted on those who come in younger, that's the way the students are going to be treated next year when it comes to Sandstorm. I'm glad Sandstorm was not played during the KU game. And I'll, I'll explain why. Because there, there, were, there were spots they could mm-hmm. have. There was a couple of chances to do oh, it. Oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, there was like a brief pause, like, okay, is it coming? I think this is it. This is the time. And it didn't. They went to one of the other usual songs that we would hear during a media timeout or during a KU timeout or whatever. Uh, Bill Self has been on record saying that they love it when K-State plays Sandstorm because it happened one year where KU was down and like went to the under four timeout. KU was down Heading into the final few minutes, Sandstorm clicks on, and KU won the game from there on out. Like, it fueled them. Mm-hmm. They saw the, the students jumping up and down. Sandstorm's playing. They hear the chant, and they're like, screw you guys. We're going to shut you up right now and win this game. And that's what happened. I don't remember exactly what year that was. And then Bill Self told me at Big 12 Media Day, he's never been bothered by the chant because that's all bulletin board and fuel for them. Mm-hmm. So I was more than happy. But beca- but also if the if Sam Storm would have played and there was a chant, guess what? You ruined it for another year. Valid. Coach isn't going to stop the game, climb up on the table, and say his piece like he did post game with Wabash. No, I I think um, the the Sandstorm playing during Texas Tech was was great timing, great timing. Because if it happened during the KU game, guess what? There's no trust built back up. Valid. Yeah, that's a great point. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll take a look at the week in the Big 12. Maybe they'll ask us anything after this. All right, Big 12 play starts tonight. Kansas at Baylor tipping off at 8 o'clock, and that'll be televised on ESPN. Wyatt Thompson predicted the Baylor Bears will get it done. Baylor is a two-point favorite. My mind automatically goes to, okay, KU has lost two in a row. 
Will they bounce back? Well, why not against a team that struggles to play defense in the Baylor Bears? That's my thought. I might have to go KU on this one. I, how would you like to be in the locker room with Bill Self in preparing for this game? Yeah, especially after two days after you just got your your butt kicked in by TCU. Yeah, it's, another purple team. Uh, the, the Bill's going to be rather red, I think, in terms of face temperature before the game even tips off tonight in trying to exhort them to not lose a third straight. Now, Oklahoma TCU play at 7 tomorrow. K-State and Iowa State at 8 o'clock. Also at the same time as Iowa State at Texas. Clearly, K-State Iowa State's the best game there. Uh, West Virginia and Tech on Wednesday, and that's at 6 o'clock. But Saturday is a break from Big 12 play. It's the Big 12 SEC Challenge. Mm-hmm. And i got to say, you know what? A pretty solid slate of games – and I think you got a good game. Basically, it feels like what's after a quadruple. What what is what's five? Quintuple. Quintuple. Quintuple header. I think that. I think yeah, one, three, five. Wait, eleven. Okay, eleven, one, three, five, and seven. So, all right. Yes, yep. I was quintuple right. Quintuple header. Quintuple header of really solid basketball. So West Virginia hosting Auburn. I put Auburn on an upset alert there. At 1 o'clock, the game to watch, I think, will be Iowa State of Missouri. Because Ooh. you have Alabama, Oklahoma. Alabama's going to throttle Oklahoma. Yep. Tech and LSU. Eh, that, that might be the flashiest game. I think, I think Iowa State, Missouri is the way to go. 3 o'clock, I'm going with Arkansas-Baylor. Other than TCU, Mississippi State. That's the game I would watch. Top 25 matchup. Both teams kind of stinging in that they've not gotten off to the starts that they expected in conference play. I think they're going to want to show something. And taking it out on another uh, top 25 opponent might be their way of doing that. And and, and that's the storyline for either one of those teams in that game. It's annoying that Texas and Tennessee, which college game day is going to be there for that game, that they're playing yeah. at the same time as the Cats in Florida. But that's still a, that's a top 10 matchup. I think that'll be really good. Well, that's just easy. Turn the orange off on your TV. Yeah, And then at 7 o'clock... Is uh, is Kansas at Kentucky? Oh, and Kentucky have, is playing better than they were. KU is in the dumps right now. Uh, boy, Bill Self is he on the hot seat? Maybe what? And then seven o'clock is Ole Miss, Oklahoma, or uh, yeah, Oklahoma State. That's going to be a, a real snooze. But I do pick the Cowboys to win in a low scoring game. But uh, yeah, you have five. I mean, there's the possibility there if you choose to do so. I'm talking like ten straight hours. Of really good basketball, I think. That'd be really fun to watch. Oh, but there's no football on. Are you kidding? Welcome to post-NFL season, oh, baby. I'm, I'm glad there's no NFL uh, on I know, Saturday, that's what that's I'm a, saying. It's a great slate of games. And let the NFL play on Sunday, which, by the way, I do have a prediction on those two games. I've already figured it out. But we're probably going to do a little Mitch in Vegas later this week to determine that. I don't think Chiefs are going to like it. Chiefs fans are not going to like it. All right. Gave half of it away. Might as well give you the other half. Pretty simple. (laughs) Uh, I'll let you predict it yourself because I think everybody would go the way I'm going. All right. That's going to do it for Wildcat Insider. A big thank you to Wyatt Thompson and and Gene Taylor for their time. Search for the game KMA on where you listen to your podcasts to listen to whatever you missed on the show today. For Trey, Troy, I'm Mitch. Go Cats. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network.
News Radio 1350, KMAN.